they they basically just re- at that point removed the tumor was that their goal or yeah so they had found the mass like right on the motor strip so i found out okay. that i had it because i was having little facial spasms on one side on my left side because the tumor was on the right um so i ended up having a major seizure at work blacked out woke up i was on the lobby way and the ambulance was there and everything. And, and so then we basically, the ambulance took me over to Parkland and I was admitted. And because of um, all of the background of cancer, they didn't just start with the brain. <clears throat> they went and looked everywhere. So they checked the colon, they checked everything because yeah. internal medicine was fighting with neurology or neurosurgery, I should say. Um, because internal medicine thought that it was a metastasis from another part of the body. And neurology said, we don't care either way, we got to get in there. So it took, like I think it was like a week or two of them running other tests that, you know, I'm sitting there just proliferating, all that kind of stuff that, of course, now I know could have been dealt with in another manner. Yeah. Welcome back to Gramps Place, where my guests and I discuss all things of public interest and anything else that might need a little changing in the good old USA. From ending the drug war and freeing those wrongfully imprisoned for crimes that have no victim, to making government more like what our forefathers intended of we the people again. I talk with doctors, scientists, politicians, and more, so you can make your own decisions on important issues in the USA. In this week's episode, I am joined by someone whom I met a few years ago at the Texas Capitol while testifying for medical cannabis. I remember hearing his testimony and thinking to myself, wow. Cody Guy is a cancer survivor, but not just a cancer survivor. Cody has survived brain cancer. To be specific, glioblastoma, one of the most aggressive and deadly brain tumors known. Cody now has taken his success and combined it with hemp being legal in all 50 states, thanks to the 2018 Farm Bill, and started a nonprofit that works to give patients access to free cannabinoid therapies for cancer and hopes to expand that to all conditions someday. Let's meet Cody and hear his story. Cody, thank you for joining me here on Grant's Place. How you doing? Pretty good about yourself. Fabulous. Please introduce yourself for our listeners uh, and and tell us a little bit about yourself and your background. Yeah, sure. Um, I was diagnosed with brain cancer when I was 20 years old, and that was uh, 16 years ago now. It was in 2006. Cancer runs in the family. Uh, my dad was diagnosed with colon cancer when I was 11. Uh, his sisters had cancer. His dad died of cancer, colon cancer. So we ended up, of course, getting a genetic test done for myself. And ends up there's a genetic 
sister syndrome called Lynch syndrome. It runs in the family on his side. And uh, so it, I did test positive for that one. It's a 50-50 chance for a sibling. Um, my sister did not get it, thank God, but I did. Um, so it's basically uh, up to 80% chance likelihood uh, for somebody that has this to develop colon cancer. And another like 10 different cancers under that at varying percentages of developmental you know, effects or instances where you would start developing some sort of cancer. Mm. So yeah, that's that's the background into before I got sick. So so you say you got diagnosed with cancer. What what exactly was the type of cancer that you were diagnosed with? It was glioblastoma. So that's a <clears throat> Um, they call it GBM as well. So. Yeah. Yeah, that's and and at what age was this? Twenty. Man. Yeah, they told me that they hadn't seen any patients under fifty with it at that time. The incidences had been rising for some strange reason, but mm. uh, yeah, at that time they were shocked. And so. Uh, yeah, I'm, uh, they were shocked. I was imagining they weren't the only ones shocked. Uh, I would imagine you were probably shocked and your family was shocked as well. Yeah. Um, so what, uh, what what did they slap you with as far as options at that point? Um, so I think that they pretty much, you know, they didn't tell me, but I think they pretty much, you know, knew that I wasn't going to make it or was in that mindset. So uh, they just ran me through all kinds of different stuff, and the radiologist blasted me. Uh, he said he'd hit me hard the first time because he wasn't going to be able to hit me twice because um, of neurodegeneration. So like your brain cells could fall apart. So that, then chemotherapy, five days a week for seven months, and radiation, I don't remember how many weeks that lasted. Oh no, radiation was five days a week for five weeks and then chemotherapy was for seven months. Mm. That had to be grueling to endure. Yeah, I lost, you know, I lost the hair clearly like, you know, during that time as, as anybody would. Um, but then on top of that, like the radiation just burned my scalp. So a lot of the hair follicles basically melted together. And so I got like patches and such, which you've seen. You've seen. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, and so was this uh, treatment successful? Uh, yes. Um, so that was 16 years ago. I get monitored through UT uh, Southwestern in Dallas. And I started, whenever I first got sick, it was at Parkland. And I had my surgery and chemotherapy at Parkland, and then I started doing radiation at UT. So I still go to UT for colonoscopies because, you know, clearly that's 80% chance of development. Uh, and then, you know, brain scan. I have skin checks. They do endoscopies every so many years, like every three years. They do uh, blood in the bladder check kind of thing, CP, and they check for blood there. Um, there's spots like the bile duct that you would never be able to check at all, uh, which is why cannabinoid therapy is very much so of an interest to me. Yeah. But you, we'll get to that in a minute, but uh, you kind of just skimmed over surgery there. What what kind of surgery did you have? 
Okay, so um, they went in. I had the tumor up on the top right side. And whenever I went in, they uh, basically, I would I didn't have an awake surgery. That would have been kind of cool looking back, you know, because if it would have been the same surgery, why not be awake, you know? <laughs> yeah, no doubt. I've seen uh, I've seen video of that. That looks intriguing to to to, to be that patient. But yeah, I, I so I know what you're saying. But yeah, so, okay. <laughs> so um, they uh, took me in, and I was in there for six hours. And they, whenever I woke up, you know, I was in recovery. And for some reason, I got up and started walking around, and I was walking down the hallway. <laughs> <laughs> they had unplugged everything from me. I mean, they had a, a pain drip and, you know, saline kind of thing. But, um, yeah, after surgery, I didn't have any pain. But, again, I had that drip. Um, and so I was up moving around. But the morphine that they were giving me ended up constipating me later on down the road. So that was horrible. Um, any other surgery that I have in the future, you know, for anything, period, uh, it would be without the morphine or maybe with and then lighter amounts yeah but anyway, i digress so yeah that was the surgery it was all done and um Parkland at the time yeah so so um they they basically just re at that point removed the tumor was that their goal or yeah so they had found the mass like right on the motor strip so i found out yeah. that i had it because i was having little facial spasms on one side on my left side because the tumor's on the right um, so I ended up having a major seizure at work, blacked out, woke up, I was on the lobby way and the ambulance was there and everything. And, and so then we basically, the ambulance took me over to Parkland and I was admitted. And because of, um, all of the background of cancer, they didn't just start with the brain. <clears throat> they went and looked everywhere. So they checked the colon, they checked everything because yeah. internal medicine was fighting with neurology or neurosurgery, I should say, um, because internal medicine thought that it was a metastasis from another part of the body. And neurology said, we don't care either way, we got to get in there. So it took, like I think it was like a week or two of them running other tests that, you know, I'm sitting there just proliferating, all that kind of stuff that, of course, now I know could have been dealt with in another manner. Yeah. I kind of know a little bit about what you're talking about there because uh, I don't know if I've told you before or not, but I have a, a what's considered to be a blood disorder, okay. but it, it, it is basically a precancerous condition, uh, which is it's pre-multiple pre myeloma. I don't know if you've ever heard that terminology before, but it's, it's a blood cancer, basically, uh, kind of like leukemia. Uh, there's like a 1% chance every year or 1% greater chance each year that goes by that it will turn to cancer. So I, I know what you mean about the monitoring and the, and, and of course from the initial diagnosis being put through the complete and total ringer, because at the time I was diagnosed with it, uh, I found out that my uncle on my father's side actually had multiple myeloma and was battling it. So there it is in the family bloodline, right? And then, of course, my, my grandfather on my mother's side had bladder cancer. Uh, my father had colon cancer. And so yeah, the stack just kept stacking up. So I can relate. I can totally relate. So um, at what point 
because I know you, you mentioned cannabinoid therapy. At what point did you find cannabinoid therapy and decide or figure out that it was something you needed to, to, to look into? So it's kind of tricky because at the time that I was going through uh, treatment and all that, I didn't know anything about cannabis being used, of course, for nausea, stuff like that, appetite, um, but nothing as far as the anti-tumor effects of cannabinoids mm-hmm. or molecules. Um, so basically, I didn't know anything about anything. I didn't pay attention to my diet, nothing. I didn't pay attention to, to you know, exercise, lifestyle, like at all. So it wasn't until I started growing food that I was like, oh, man, this is like serious. Like as much as whatever I put in the soil is going to affect my plants. So, um, yeah, I decided I was going to clearly start, you know, getting stuff in me that was good. Um, and then I learned about the endocannabinoid system, but I actually know first, I found out through a documentary called What If Cannabis Cured Cancer? And um, that was on YouTube. I don't know if it still is, but it goes through all the, the kind of mechanisms and stuff. And that's what got me looking into the anti-cancer side of cannabinoids. Okay. So while I was in the hospital, though, I was on a medication for my nausea called Marinol. And Marinol is synthetic THC. Mm-hmm. It, it's impossible to have Marinol in your blood system and it not be treating or it not being anti-proliferative because it's it's naturally anti-proliferative. So anyway, you know, like we have a, the endocannabinoid system. We have anandamide. THC mimics anandamide. Anandamide mm-hmm. is an inhibitor of metastasis. So THC acts as an anti-cancer molecule. And so whenever I was taking those drugs or the Marinol, I was essentially taking THC. And we know that THC induces cell death specifically and it inhibits proliferation. So while I was getting my chemo and radiation, THC was also treating the uh, proliferation. But we've also found that the standard therapies, chemotherapy and radiation, are actually boosted by using cannabinoids, both THC and CBD. So not only was it fighting cancer on its own, but it was also helping the treatments that I was on fight the cancer all the more. And so I know that all, you know, all that stuff put together is, of course, what's led me to where I'm at today as far as being alive 16 years out. Yeah, actually, you know, talking about the working in in conjunction, um, the same thing can be said for uh, I've found in, in recent years, talking about me and my possibilities with multiple myeloma in the future, uh, there are three studies that I found out of Italy um, where they say just that, THC and CBD both work in synergy with carfilzomib and uh, the other drugs that they are currently using for multiple myeloma. And yeah. and it's it, where number one, it helps the drug work better because of their anti-proliferation and and cell death characteristics. But it also is is allowing them to decrease the amount of the chemotherapy drugs that have to be given, so that there's less damage to healthy cells. Yes, so it's, that's it's an amazing thing. That's the first real thing that I want to focus on with cancer research is bringing it in side by side so we can lower the amount of surgery, lowering the amount of scarring, um, because if you've got a smaller tumor, you have less tumors, you only have a few to go after, 
you know, less chemotherapy, less radiation, all of the above. Um, less side effects from even just the pharmaceuticals because you don't have to take some. So even just bringing it in as an adjunct therapy, uh, cancer.gov already has it in the section of alternative, complementary and alternative medicines, their CAD, yeah. something like that. Yeah. Um, so it's like already there. It's just a matter of what are we waiting on? And since we have hemp legal in all 50 states, we really don't have to wait. Yeah, that, that's the truth. You know, uh, like so many I talk to these days, uh, you know, the cat's out of the bag. These, you know, there's no going backwards at this point. They can try all they want, but it's not going to happen. Pardon this short break for a word from our sponsors. Hey, y'all. Are you enjoying the guests and content Gramps is bringing you each week? Did you know he does this all on his own? No production team, and no producers. Just Gramps. If you like the show, please think about becoming a monthly supporter. It can be as little as 99 cents per month. You would be surprised at how much that can help. Just follow the link in the show description where it says support this podcast here. And as always, Gramps thanks you for listening, and for your support. Welcome back to Gramps Place, the podcast where Gramps and his guests talk about all things cannabis and cannabis law reform, along with anything else that piques public interests. So uh, that brings me to my next question, which is uh, you are currently or you started, I guess, a nonprofit, right? Yes. Okay, tell us about that. So whenever I realized that cannabinoids did, you know, what they do, treat or fight cancer, um, I decided that I wanted to have a formulation for myself that I wanted to be able to take because if my condition is a lifelong disposition towards developing cancer, I want to stay on top of it. And the 507 patent, which is the uh, cannabinoids as antioxidants and neuroprotectants, um, in that, it uses the words to prevent, to treat, to reduce, to delay, all these different words that it uses to treat these different can- I mean, diseases, and one of those diseases is cancer. Yeah. So I want to be able to prevent and treat and reduce and delay any kind of formation of cancer. So uh, that's the goal with myself. And then I realized, well, there's going to be other people out here that have the same or in the same position, basically. And why wouldn't I want to also make it available for them to be able to take as well? Because if I trust it and I'm working on it and I'm looking at it and formulations and everything, then I want to be able to help other people with the same thing because I trust it. Um, and then I thought, well, if we make that, and of course we sell it so that it can get around the country, around the world, you know, like normal marketing and get it out there so people can get access to it, take a percentage of those sales and start a nonprofit. And then donate those the sales and start using the the oil or different oils or different products to literally give hemp products to cancer patients um, during their treatment. Okay. And then we'll track them during that time and just see how are their pain levels, how are how is you know their sleep, their appetite. Okay. So so what's your nonprofit called? It's called Giving Hemp, like literally Giving Hemp. Uh, dot cool. org. Cool. 
So well, that's that's dot org. So that you just gave the website off, right? <laughs> yeah. Because that's what we're doing, literally giving him. I like yeah. that. I like that. I like the name. I like the concept. That's that's excellent. So uh, what what all have you been able to accomplish with this so far? Um, well, because it's still so new, we're getting all of our structure set up of how we're going to be able to not just finance, but from the time we get a donation of flour and how do we get that around to whatever kind of medicine um, application we want to give to a patient. If a patient can use flour um, for smoking, then sure. Uh, if they need tinctures, then we can process those. So we have a farmer that wants to uh, sponsor a patient, or sponsor five patients, and they would give us that amount of canopy in their, in their grow room kind of thing. And uh, then at the end of that, we would take that and we would save that for those particular patients or um, that particular group of patients. Okay. So we still have all those little details down of how whenever a donation comes in. Now, as far as financial donations, we are looking to build our own facilities. And so it would be a matter of, um, you know, getting together with financers and things like that. So anything to be able to go towards, you know, the larger uh, operations so that we can have a continual um, growth pattern, a perpetual harvest to be able to give this oil to continual patients always as uh, as we operate further. Sure, sure. So, uh, so you're you're in the process of of looking for those partners. Number one, setting up your your donation base, maybe. Uh, and yeah. you're just you're just in the starting starting process at this point. Then. Yes, everything is basically we're at the foundation. Uh, the website right on there it has volunteer and um, donate clearly and sponsors. So in volunteer, whenever we use that term, you know most people think about time. But if you have a talent, if you can, you know, you have social media or video skills or uh, graphics or speaking skills, fundraising skills. Like it's not just donate your time to, because we don't have like a project, you know, like going out back and moving railroad ties for this housing project. It's, it's like, you know, we need skills that are going to be applicable to marketing the nonprofit to be able to raise those funds to be able to get everything the cancer patients set up. Sure, sure. So are you on all the various social media platforms already or are you still working on that? No, we have Giving Hemp on Facebook, LinkedIn, YouTube and of course Instagram. Okay. On the gram. On the gram. <laughs> and so, uh, just out of curiosity, I know obviously why cancer is near and dear to your heart. Uh, but say this gets successful with with cancer patients, and. Do you ever see a possibility of expanding into other conditions and, and categories that people can also benefit from this wondrous plant? What I would like to do is, you know, have a complete uh, nonprofit that focuses on all the different conditions that are listed in the 507 uh, uh, patent. So if you read through the patent, there's over 60 different conditions listed. I mean, apnea, anxiety, insomnia, they're all listed in there and they put cancer in there as neoplasia. So it's like, uh -huh, I got you, I got you. <laughs> mm -hmm. that nobody will see. But yeah, uh, so with over 50 or 60 conditions in there, I'm, I'm down for doing it all. But it's just because there are several 
I mean, there's so many different types of cancers to be addressed. And because of the cancer syndrome community, uh, that's going to be like enough for me to try and take on. But yeah. I mean, if people, there are people that I've already talked to that want to look into doing this for diabetics and all this kind of stuff. So, and I'm down and we can always do some sort of discount program or have percentages off of products with stores that we partner with. So, I mean, everything's up in the air. Anybody that has any ideas as far as how to work, any angle to get free products to cancer patients, I'm open ears. Well, I think, uh, just, just thinking off the top of my head here, but I think as, as this grows, that you're, you're eventually going to have so many partnering companies interested because just the free publicity they're going to get, right? That, yeah. that they're going to be like, oh, hey, you know, we want to we wanna help or we want to sponsor this, this group of people or we want to sponsor this disease or, you know, so uh, I, I, would, I would keep my eyes on the possibilities for sure, you know, uh, as, as it develops and grows. Uh, I think there's, there's great possibilities there. On the website, there's a, if you look up at the top, like where the menu would be, Mm-hmm. There's a spot where it says hemp it forward. So it's kind of like, you know, pay it forward, but mm-hmm. hemp it forward. And that's a spot where people can go up, whether they're a farmer, a processor, manufacturer, storefront, whatever it is, they can go in there. It's a short form, be able to fill it out real quick. And then that'll let us know what you have, where you're at, uh, and how to contact you. Because, okay. yeah, we need a, a program of network of these types of people that are involved in the industry. Sure. Uh, I mean, Networking is one of the best ways to a get out there and b be successful, especially in this industry. Uh, yeah, without a doubt. So, um, once you get this thing up and off the ground and and really rolling, you you think this is probably going to take up better part of your time, right? Oh yeah, I, I mean I'm planning on not having any time, but it's not because I'm like going to be so 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 busy with technical stuff. It's going to be I know I'm going to be there talking with patients dealing with caretakers, really it's going to turn into that point education because it'll turn into a registry system. So we'll have a registry system for patients. And of course, we'll have the network of farmers and things like that, that we're getting medicine from, getting the COAs, making sure we have everything in there. We know what's going on. Um, Then getting it over to patients and then tracking kind of the data, getting their feedback over time. Yeah. So Uh, it will expand. Yeah. Uh, do you think uh, that right now are you concentrating on any one particular area like Texas alone or are you you going to try to tackle the whole USA at one time or oh no yes the only reason that we're not treating everybody that comes to us is because we don't have enough materials to do it Uh, there are tons of cannabis oil groups and networks like that and so people have asked me, oh, well, do you have a, a lineup of patients? I'm like, dude, I got thousands of patients, you know, like, <laughs> who do you want to start? Who do you want to start with? So, yeah, I'm, I'm thinking it's going to be local. We're well, not thinking it's going to be local just because those are the people we're going to be able to interact with. Um, I know that the family is going to want to get involved with a lot of this stuff. So we'll be meeting mothers and, um, of course, uh, sons and daughters who are you know, dealing with their parents that are going through this. But everybody's really opening up to how hemp can help them sleep and pain. Those are the two main things. Oh, and anxiety, like uh, anxiety attacks and stuff. So, 
Yeah. Yeah. The, well, the, the, the sleep and the eating are the two biggest ones when it comes to cancer. I mean, you know, uh, I don't know if I've told you this before, but my wife is a breast cancer survivor. <clears throat> and uh, that, that was some of the hardest times when she was going through chemo was just, you know, knowing she had to eat something, but, but she just couldn't, yeah. you know, and of course, uh, she was not that familiar with the whole cannabis scene and neither was I yet at that point in time. So we didn't really know what all we could do and couldn't do. And we, what research I did look into, um, with the type of breast cancer she had at that time, everything I was reading was saying, well, if you get too high at THC, it could actually make the cancer be more aggressive. And so, you know, being in Texas with an illegal market, not having testable products or, you know, products with a COA to know what the content was, we kind of were like, well, we can't really, we, did, we didn't feel comfortable going down that road, you know, knowing what I know now, years later, I probably could have found a way, right? But at that time, it was, we don't know. So it, it was, it was, it was hell. It was literal hell for her. I know it had to be because it was hell for me watching it, you know? And so I'm excited about your, your endeavor. I really am. And I think it's going to be something that's going to be beneficial to a lot of people in the long run. So I commend you, uh, for turning your crown upside down, as they would say, you know, uh, taking something negative in your life and making it something, something positive for others is a wonderful, wonderful thing. Yeah. Once you see what it can do, there's no turning back. Like it's once you see it, like not just read about it or, you know, see it on TV, but see it in front of you with a person. It's, that's when it, it gets you. Once you see it, and that's just talking about with cancer. Then you talk about epilepsy, autism, PTSD, all the other things that this plant is capable of treating. It's like, with, do these politicians not have anybody in their family that uses this medically? Not just like, you know, of course they got recreational family members, but. Sure, sure. Yeah, it's like, how can they not have somebody that, that's in their family? That's not being effective positively. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. So yeah. uh, what else have you got planned? Just just the nonprofit? Yeah. So I'm working with uh, the Dallas Hemp Company. Okay. So they're like DallasHempCompany.net. Or no, DallasHempCo.net. Sorry. <laughs> and uh, they uh, were having events. So a St. Patrick's Day event, you know, a 420 event. Um, so if you hop on either my site, uh, the givinghemp.org or the dallashempco.net site, you'll be able to see all the events that are on there and see what's coming up. So we're over in East Dallas, uh, off of Garland. And so we got that kind of East Dallas feel, um, especially down near Buckner or down where like Casa Linda is. That's where we're at. We're a little bit south, south of Casa Linda. So we got a record next door. It's just a good feel. So yeah, that's what's coming up. Are basically just events. Are you gonna have uh, vendors and speakers and all that kind of stuff at these events, or what kind? What kind of events are we talking about? 
Yeah, it's actually going to be a block party. So because okay. we have all different people, it's not like a whole block, but the strip. The strip has so many like-minded or, or symbiotic, I guess you could say, relationships and clientele that uh, we're just going to throw a little strip party, I guess. And actually, that didn't sound right. Yet. <laughs> <laughs> not uh, a stripper party. <laughs> a little shopping strip. There you go. Well, man, I, I want to thank you for coming on and telling us about your nonprofit. And and like I said, I really uh, I really commend what you're doing. Uh, a lot of people that have been through what you've been through would just fold up and just be grateful for what they have and not think about giving back. Uh, so I wish you the best of luck and everything you're doing. Like I said, I really appreciate you coming on the show. Yeah, for sure, man. I appreciate you doing what you do and having people on like myself. Absolutely. Uh, it's through people like yourself that we keep spreading the word and educating people. We're eventually going to get uh, this where it needs to be, where anybody and everybody can grow it in their backyard like they ought to be. Yep. Any other plant? That's, yeah. It's tomatoes, potatoes, green beans, corn, whatever. You know, it ought to be right there in there with them. Yeah. Yeah, what do they call them? Companion planning. There you go. <laughs> like I said, thanks again for joining me, and I want to thank our listeners for, for joining us tonight. Grant's Place, the podcast where I bring you the doctors, scientists, patients, politicians, and ordinary everyday people to talk about anything and everything with facts and first-hand reports so you can make your own decisions on important issues. Cannabis law reform, politics, criminal justice, government, and economics are just a few. As always, I thank you for listening and for your generous support.